Welcome to the Faith Bible Church Theology Podcast. <laughs> Welcome, this is Faith Bible Church Menifee Theology Podcast. And in this podcast, we will be discussing the letter R of our philosophy of ministry statement, Harold. And along with me, sitting at the table, um, I have uh, Jake and... Um, He's a teaching elder and fellow pastor, Daniel Nunez. So, men, I want to hear your thoughts on the letter R for Harold. What do you guys think? Reconciling, restoring. Uh, <laughs> have we decided? We did. Reconciling. Reconciling. There was debate initially. Why did we settle on reconciling? <laughs> uh, I think because of Second Corinthians five, fourteen through 21. Uh, that we have been given a ministry of reconciliation. Um, we, I don't, I don't know if we've been giving a ministry of restoration. We don't <laughs> restore. Christ restores in the end. Yeah. So, trying to communicate, like what, what is our mission on earth? Broadly, is to reconcile people to God, and so the gospel is not just about the information of the gospel, but th- that changes the relationship between man and God. Um, because what Christ has done, mm-hmm. and so that plays out further than just just a initial reconciliation of the gospel, but is uh, is the work of and the um, the ministry of believers on earth. Because Christ has reconciled us, we herald and proclaim so that people also will be reconciled uh, to Him. So I like to define terms uh, just so we're all clear. Uh, so reconciliation, I don't think, is a word that we commonly use. Mm, we should more. Yeah, yeah I, I can't <laughs> imagine a time where I've used it on like a daily basis. Um, but maybe one of you two men could give us like a definition of what reconciliation means. It's a good idea. I'm glad I have a laptop in front of me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What would you say off the top of your head, Danny? While I look up a, I would a good say, one? and I might be a little off here, but if I remember correctly, uh, reconciliation is. When you bring two parties that are at war, yeah. uh, there are at odds, maybe more than just odds. There's animosity. There is hatred. Um, there's just a. Uh, they're divided, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're 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 separated. And so when a reconciliation takes place, you bring these two parties that are at war, and you bring them together. Um, you do that by establishing peace so yeah that's it that's a really good definition and the reason why I bring this up is just because we have to understand that we are at war with God right we declared war and we see this in Genesis 1 2 and 3 uh, that God had created all things and when he created all things he created all things perfect so everything was unified there was no war there was just complete peace um, but Adam and Eve disobeyed God. And as they disobeyed God, we see in the Bible, in Romans 5 and also in, Ro- in Genesis 3, but sin and death entered into the world. And sin and death, because it entered into the world, it caused a separation between us and God. And we see this in Isaiah 59, 2. It says, but your sin has made a separation between you and your God. And so there is disunity that exists now between us and God. Not only that, we see in Genesis 3, disunity between Adam and Eve, their first marriage, that that disunity didn't just affect our vertical relationship with God, 
but it affected our horizontal relationship to our wife, to our kids, to our coworkers, to our neighbors. And then not only that, but we see that affected creation as well. Um, that we see in Romans that all of creation yearns to be redeemed, to be reconciled, to see peace once again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's groaning. Yeah, it's- because things have been made futile by our. I think that that reality of that this is sin is a declaration of war, mm-hmm. and we are all responsible for that. There's a song that I really like that that says that sin is a declaration of war, and I think in order to realize you are a reconciler you have to start with the realization of your condition prior yeah. to reconciliation. Um, and so many times that our idea of like, oh, I was a, um, I, I didn't do really good things, but I didn't do really horrible things. Or we'd say, I think at times even people like, well, I grew up in the church, so my testimony is not that dramatic. You know, and, and the reality is you must embrace what the gospel says about who you were. Um, and I think when, as we were going through Titus, there's not a place I can think of that is more clear. In Titus 3, 3, he says, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice, envy, hated by others, and hating one another. Um, Colossians, 2, or Colossians 1, 21 says, We were once alienated, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds but he has now reconciled us in his body of flesh um, that in order that we might be presented holy and blameless before him. And so if you don't embrace that you are alienated, that you are hostile towards God in your mind, and that you were doing evil deeds and actions, or shortly you could say you've declared war against his holiness, his righteousness, you can't embrace that Christ died in his body of flesh in order to present you holy and blameless. Yeah. If you assume you were already holy and blameless, then... You, you haven't been reconciled. You're assuming you never had something broken before God. And so it, I think it is essential that we start with the, the realization of you have been reconciled because you can't take on a ministry of reconciliation if you realize you are the reconciled, not not the ambassador who represents Christ rightly, but you are the ambassador who has experienced reconciliation. Um, so now you represent him humbly and and heralding as we talked about previously but no, but um, I would add that not only are we waging war uh, with God but I would say that God wages war against sin yeah. mm-hmm. and he aggressively uh, met sin um, and he poured out his wrath fully um, righteously uh, on the cross and his son bore the weight of our sin and it kind of gives a i'm probably getting ahead of myself here but gives a better understanding of the imprecatory psalms mm-hmm. where david prays for destruction and 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 doom and uh judgment that is god's heart towards sin and when david pronounces these things uh, he has god's heart his position towards sin and that should be our position when we clearly see god and his holiness um, we are going to adopt that same idea that we want lawlessness and sin to be cut off and to stop immediately. So God has also waged war against sin. And um, so that's important to remember. Yeah. I think to what you're saying, Jake, um, about how we all, we, we must embrace the bad news before we understand the good news, right? 
we must understand that we have sinned against God before we can truly embrace the fact that he's reconciling sinners to himself. And I think innately we all know this. We know the world is broken. We know that there's sin that exists. We know that there's disunity. I mean, we see this every day as we look outward. We don't have to look very hard, but there's frequent shootings and killings, um, marriages ending in divorce, adultery happening. I mean, sin is just rampant. It's easy to see uh, that the world is broken. And I think all of creation, even unbelievers, are longing for something better. They're, they, they have a hope that there will be peace and unity, that things can get better. And it's not, not this side of heaven. Um, and I think too, like, it's easy for us to look outward and see that things are broken. But in the quietness of our own lives, I think we all feel a sense of guilt and shame before God. Like Romans 1 talks about um, that the unbeliever knows that those who practice sin and those who affirm others who practice sin, they know that they deserve to die. Like they, they stand in a, in a sense of guilt and shame and condemnation for their sins. And so we know that everything's broken. What we don't realize is that um, it's really personal. Like for us, that we have sinned, that we have rebelled against God, that we have fallen short of the glory of God, that we have seen God's authority manifested throughout the creations and rebelled against Him and rejected Him. Um, and when we understand that, then we really can embrace the good news that Jesus Christ came to reconcile sinners to Himself by living the life that we can never live and dying the death that we deserve. Yeah. I think that is some of the difficulty of being ministers of reconciliation is uh, unless we're aware that we've been reconciled, we really aren't reconcilers in the right, you know, we're trying to make people like us mm -hmm. rather than to reconcile them to God. Um, and if, even if we are, and we're seeking to do that, uh, a lot of people need to be convinced they need to be reconciled They're, you know, and, and we are unable to convince them. Yeah. Like we're not able to, uh, to do that because the the act of reconciliation is repentance uh, and it's God who does that mm -hmm. so I think sometimes we become cultural warriors and we think like it's our job to to bring the kingdom to earth and it's our job to like set things right mm -hmm. um, and we're the we're the servant or the soldier of, of the Lord and I often think of second Timothy 2 um, that if you are a servant of God the Lord's servant is not quarrelsome but is kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. Mm -hmm. And then it says that God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. And they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. And so I was just thinking as you were saying that, there's a, there's a sense in which everyone is aware you know, and we've just been going through Romans mm -hmm. that uh, that the world suppresses that truth and tells themselves they're fine. They don't need God. There's no thankfulness for God. Mm -hmm. um, and there's no assumption that his divine power, or his, his eternal power, his divine nature is essential for them. And they're going to kind of push that aside. And sometimes our response is we're at war. We need to go and attack them. Mm -hmm not realizing our war is not against people. Mm -hmm. It's against sin. Um, and we are perpetrators of that war as we are also reconcilers of that war. 
And so there's a, a fine line that the gospel brings to reconciliation that no other, like, no other earthly solution, man's solution can. I remember that you sent me um, that picture of Bernie, or not picture, the, the video of Bernie Sanders um, as there was some guy being appointed to some office of the government. Uh, and Bernie Sanders was all over him because he was saying, you hate Islamic people. Because the guy clarified in a tweet that Christians and and Muslims do not worship the same God, and they therefore, because they do not accept Jesus as God, stand condemned. So to, to Bernie Sanders, that equals you hate these people. Yeah. And I wish the guy would have done like I, I in his position and politics and all that. There's a reason I would not get involved in that because I the pressure of that and and the responsibility of that, but. The world doesn't comprehend that we can say you stand condemned and that you're not condemned before us. We are not the condemning agent. Mm-hmm. Right. We know rightfully. We're not saying we are, um, you know, oh, I would be easier on you, you know. No, you're, you're not. You're not being righteous by saying, oh, God's really harsh. I wouldn't be. God is right in doing it. But we're not the condemning agent. We are those who are the messengers of like, you don't have to be condemned. Yeah. You can repent. And the world has no system for that because yeah. it denies God. It denies his authority. It denies his power. It denies that he is divine and we are creatures. Mm-hmm. I think it makes it, reconciliation's not easy. <laughs> it's a long, it's a long work. No, it's not easy. And I think something you said too is, is a really good point. I don't know if, um, everyone caught it but the first relationship that we have to reconcile is that vertical relationship mm-hmm. it's our relationship to god before we could ever see a horizontal relationships being reconciled yeah so you mentioned that we can't be about um movements or things that would be a distraction to, to the gospel thinking that somehow that's going to bring peace mm-hmm. and unity and reconcile people it might bring some type of peace, but it's a pseudo peace. It's yeah. not true unity. It's not true reconciliation. Because if we're going to really be reconciled in our horizontal relationships, first and foremost, we have to be reconciled to God. And, and also acknowledging that we can't reconcile ourselves to God. Mm-hmm. He reconciled himself to us. Right. So he's the one that accomplished that on our behalf. He's mm-hmm. the one that drew us to himself. We respond because he's allowed us to respond. And that's mm-hmm. the good news of the gospel, that we can't clean ourselves. We can't save ourselves. We respond in faith, but even that faith is provided by him. So he regenerates us. He provides his life. We respond, and it's all he's doing from beginning to the end, from top to bottom. He takes care of our of, of our greatest need uh, by sending Jesus, and that's just a, a great reminder that it's the gospel yeah. that makes us right. Yeah. I think it's a good point because sometimes we can get caught up in like, oh, Christians are the ones that know how to reconcile, so we should be... You know, reconciling all kinds of relationships. We should be about like showing people how to have peace. But if we have any sense that we can do that minus the incarnation and the crucifixion and the resurrection, uh, we are we are starting on very shaky ground. We're not starting on shaky ground. Like we're starting in a giant pit of hell mm-hmm. and sin uh, because that's where we're at without that. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's the confusion we have is that. Um, Christians are peacemakers, uh, but we only reflect our Father as a peacemaker in the way that our Father has made peace is through Christ. So if we're offering any kind of reconciliation without the cross, 
Um, it is not a reconciliation. It's yeah. a, it might be a, a ceasefire for a moment between two people, um, but the real issue of war is not, not handled. I like the way you put that. Might be a ceasefire for a moment. Yeah. I think even as we are seeing God reconcile sinners to Himself, um, we still see war and strife, particularly in those horizontal relationships, right? Um, so I think it's important for us to realize that we are experiencing um, peace now, but not yet fully. Like we'll experience peace and unity. All things will be reconciled when Christ returns. And yeah. that is what our hope is as Christians. When we go through life and we see suffering, we see evil, um, we see war and strife around us, it's easy for us to feel defeated. Um, but in Christ, we're victorious. And uh, we long and wait for the day when Christ shall return for his people. Yeah. And all sin will be done away with. And there will be only peace. All things will be reconciled to himself. Even mm-hmm. creation will be made new. Yeah. Which I think would be worth your time to look at. Romans 8. And that that statement. For me, that is like major worldview passage. Mm-hmm. That all creation has been subjected to futility. Subjected to death. And in one sense, that futility remains because all still die. Uh, And in one sense, that futility has been removed because it says he subjected it in hope. And that hope is Christ Mm. and the resurrection from death. And so though the the war has been won, the futility of this planet remains uh, because God is patient in reconciliation. And I think we were talking about in the Roman study, like we just spent five weeks, six weeks, to make it to Romans 3 where it starts to actually talk about you having the righteousness of God imparted and it felt like forever like when are we going to get to the gospel and we're talking about you look at God's patience in this you have thousands of years of him overlooking the sin of man knowing that he has a plan and a purpose to do this Uh, and we were just like all feeling burdened from like six weeks of like oh all we're talking about is sin and he's just patiently waiting, patiently waiting for the, I always think of First Timothy, for the proper time. That Christ came at the proper time and he will return at the proper time in order to reconcile creation. I think praise God too. Because in our midst, small church that FBC Menifee is, we have ex-gang members, ex-drug dealers, like people who maybe they weren't even dealing drugs, but people who rebelled against God. Um people who rejected his authority in their life and God has reconciled them to himself and we're seeing uh, God's kingdom here on earth and those lives being changed and their their desires being changed not for them but now to honor God and to proclaim the gospel and so it's it's a joy and a blessing to be able to see God reconciling sinners to himself and to be yeah. a part of that so I think uh, as far as broad perspective that, that we are ministers of reconciliation, we pursue this, we have covered. In, uh, in the next two podcasts, we'll cover how does this function in, in the most intimate relationship of our lives, in uh, marriage and family. Hopefully reconciliation is going to affect there first, how you live with those who are closest to you. Uh, and then look at also how does that affect our relationships outside? How do, how do we pursue reconciliation then as those people who live among neighbors uh, who are living in rebellion against God.